Welcome to the NutraCast, a production by Nutra Ingredients USA. I'm Danielle Masterson. Thank you for joining me here on the NutraCast, where we talk and share insights from inside the nutrition industry. Researchers at Skoltech University in Russia are performing genetic analysis of a Russian sunflower collection and identifying genetic markers that can help predict the oil's fatty acid composition. Joining me now from Moscow to tell us all about this research is co-author of the new study and PhD student Rim Gubayev. Welcome to the NutriCast, Rim. Thank you for this opportunity to to present this work that we made with Alina Chernova. Tell me about your study. What was the goal and, and how did it all work out? This project is concentrated on the improvement of uh, oilseed crops, including sunflower and the rapeseed. This project was based at the Skoltech University, and the leader, the leader of this project is Professor Filip Haitoj. He's my scientific supervisor. And uh, the, the goal of the, of the paper that we published in BMC Genomics was to first uh, characterize the genetic diversity of Russian collection. You know, uh, we tried to do it like... 23andMe project, we found the relationship between Russian cultivated, international cultivated, basically from USDA collections, sunflowers, and wild relatives. The second goal of the study was to characterize the fatty acid oil composition using high throughput technology, UPLC, UPLC followed by mass spectrometry. And finally, using these data, like the genetic information uh, on sunflower and uh, fatty acid profiles, we found the genetic markers associated with the fatty acid composition. So you described it as sort of like a 23andMe, but for sunflowers. Uh, yes. So uh, like uh, we sequence them. So we type the genetic diversity between the Russian germplasms. So it allowed us to found the relationships between different lines of cultivated sunflower in Russia. And uh, since we have this information, we also compared the genetic diversity of Russian sunflower and uh, other sunflower from international collections, basically from USDA. This information allowed us to compare how Russian cultivated sunflower differs from other international lines. And additionally, we also compared our, our collection to the wild sunflower like that was originally grown in, in, in North America. So what technology is involved with your research? We actually used uh, two modern technologies. We used uh, genotyping by sequencing approach. This is actually a kind of novel approach. Uh, and uh, when we use genotyping by sequencing, we select a specific parts of the genome, of the plant genome, and uh, we try to find the genetic polymorphisms only within these uh, specifically selected parts. This technology could be compared to DNA microarrays, but it is much more cheaper, and it is also much more cheaper than the whole genome sequencing. For phenotyping, we applied untargeted lipidomics approach, which is called UPLCMS, ultra-performance uh, lipid chromatography with subsequent a mass spectrometry. And the, the main advantage of this technology is that it does not require a standards of fatty acids and uh, triacylglycerides and uh, other compounds that we want to identify in the oil. Using this technology, we characterize all the lipids that are present in the oil. And then, based on the mass and the charge of each component, we annotate them and say, okay, 
These are fatty acids. This is a oleic acid. These are triacylglyceride. It have like 46 atoms, etc., etc. It is also kind of a cheap uh, technology, and uh, for for genotyping, we use genotyping by sequencing. For phenotyping, we used UPLCMS, and uh, to to find the genetic associations, we use a combination of some free software that is available. In, in the internet, it is free. And we also wrote some custom scripts so to, to, to make these beautiful pictures that are present in our paper uh, and uh, to, to improve the analysis. When you say cheap technology, how much are we talking? It could be around $5 per plant. So to, 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 to genotype the plants, it is around $5 per plant. Like for example, if you talk about 23andMe, I, I think it costs about 100 right around $100 so yeah here we can we can reduce it to the $5 per plant but i should note that in our case in case of uh, genotyping by sequencing uh, we lost a significant part of the information but but, but we don't care because uh, uh, in case of plants we don't care when we sequence specific regions uh, we can find a genetic association with a specific uh, genes like we, we don't see the gene we see a genetic polymorphism but we can find the association with the gene using so-called linkage disequilibrium uh, approach uh, as you may know parts the parts of the genome and in plant genome are inherited together so we don't need to know all genetic polymorphisms within the chromosome we only need know a specific like some parts and if you know some parts that are normally distributed across the chromosome, this information is enough to judge about what genes are involved in a specific fatty acid composition in sunflower. Okay, and what made you choose the sunflower oil to work with? There are several reasons for that. Uh, First, as you may know, in the world, the sunflower is the third or fourth cultivated oil seed crop, but in Russia, it is not the case. The sunflower takes the position number one as an oilseed crop, uh, and there are several reasons. Uh, first reason is that the sunflower was, as you may know, domesticated in, by Native Americans in Eastern North America, but as an oilseed crop, it was introduced in Russia in the 19th century by the peasant called uh, Daniel Bokarev. And uh, actually, one of the reasons why the sunflower became oilseed crop number one in Russia is the ability of this crop to adapt to unfavorable environmental conditions of Russia. So right now, due to historical reasons, it is it takes place number one. And uh, this was the first reason. And the second reason why, why we choose uh, sunflower, there were a really huge uh, governmental initiative and uh, they supported, let's say, scientific groups who work with the most important industrial crops. And so what's the main use there in Russia for sunflower oil? We, we can tell about uh, several directions of how we can use uh, sunflower in Russia. The major ones is related to the production of vegetable oil, which in turn would be used to produce frying oils and salad oils. So but basically the vegetable oils. Additionally, we can uh, use the sunflower oil to produce chemicals uh, like soaps, like uh, moisturizers, like uh, hair shampoos, etc. 
And uh, uh, it is not the case for Russia, but for some countries, sunflower oil could be used to produce biofuels, like biodiesel. In Canada, I guess, and in Spain or France, uh, it could be used to produce biofuels. And uh, I also wanted to mention that there is an important byproduct of vegetable oil production called oil cake. So when you when you extract the oil, you have these byproducts, uh, and it could be used as animal fodder. And it is rich with protein, so uh, especially it is very good food supplement for dairy cattle. Depending on what you use a sunflower oil for you need to change up the actual composition, right? Exactly. And each area of application needs a specific fatty acid composition. For example, if you take vegetable oil, the vegetable oil could be of two types. The first type of uh, vegetable oil is frying oil for frying the meat or to, to prepare French fries. And because it is used for frying, it should possess really high thermooxidation stability. It shouldn't be oxidized during the frying because oxidized lipids are unhealthy and may, may lead to increased risk of cancer and cardiovascular disease. So to, to increase this thermooxidative stability of the oil, we need saturated fatty acids. So the fatty acids that do not have double bonds and they are very resistant to this thermooxidation. The second type of oil is a salad oil. And in that case, these oils should possess, in contrast to frying oils, uh, a high number of double bonds. So the fatty acids in such oils should be polyunsaturated fatty acids because the consumption of polyunsaturated fatty acid decreases the risk of cardiovascular disease and heart attack. It is a really healthy product, and uh, if you consume it, these fatty acids can uh, decrease the level of cholesterol in our blood. So even at this point, different type of vegetable oils need different fatty acid composition. Additionally, uh, sunflower oil could be used to produce cosmetics, like for example, moisturizers or hair shampoos, etc. For these purposes, we need really long fatty acids. Uh, and actually, we found uh, genetic associations for, for such fatty acids. There, there are several types of sunflower oil, and for each of the purpose, we need a specific fatty acid composition. Yeah, so there are so many uses that I, I had no idea about it. So, you know, you, you named a lot of health benefits, and I'm just wondering, do you work on any other species? Yeah, of course, we work on, on, on other species. Uh, basically, we work on... In the rapeseed, we are trying to find a genetic association, genetic markers for erucic acid content and glucosinolates. Erucic acid is a very bad fatty acid and it is bad for, for human health. And for the glucosinolates that we're also working with are also bad for human diet. So we're trying to find the genetic markers that are related to the low, low content of erucic acid and glucosinolates. Additionally, we work with soybean. We're trying to find uh, genetic markers associated with total oil content and protein content because uh, there are several types of uh, soy. We can use it as an oil or as a, like we, we can use soy to, to extract vegetable oil or to produce protein. 
And I was reading that your research group founded a startup called Oil Gene. What is that? Oil Gene startup, actually, it is our initiative. We start thinking, okay, uh, we have uh, really nice tools in our hands. We find genetic markers and how we can use them. Why not to help the breeders? Why not to help the industry? So we decided to, okay, let's make a startup, apply our scientific knowledge. And uh, around a year ago, we went to the Krasnodar. It is a region in the south of Russia. Almost all sunflower is produced uh, in the Krasnodar. So we went to Krasnodar and talked to the producers and breeding companies to study their needs, to understand how we can help them, how we can help them to improve their breeding process. And uh, after this uh, business trip, we realized that they do not want to have a service like can help them to, to improve the breeding process, but they want some products that they can use to select the plant with the specific properties. For example, we can use lamp PCR. It, it looks like a tube and uh, you can uh, place piece of uh, plant tissue into that tube and uh, this tube have an indicator which can tell you okay this plant resistant or not so it is very useful when you need to test whether this plant resistant to a specific pathogen for example plant pathogen or it is resistant to some herbicide etc right now we are seeking for for investments and uh, trying to to make this product this mvp to demonstrate it to our customers Additionally, uh, we also tried to make marker panels, genetic panels that using which we can predict uh, the fatty acid composition. For example, the studies that we discussed right now uh, is concentrated on the scanning for genetic markers, but after we, after we found them, we need to develop uh, marker panels. So we can extract, we can take the tissue of the sunflower using high throughput sequencing and tell, okay, what oil composition uh, will be specific to this plant, for example. What is your goal with oil gene? Is this something that you just plan to do while you're in school or do you see yourself continuing this once you're done with school and, and making a, a business out of it? When you're working in science intensive startup, you can do the both. So uh, since we're sequencing all the time, all these sunflowers, we can make some population genetic stuff, like which is mostly referred to the basic science. In addition to this research, uh, we, can, we can do some really useful stuff, like, for example, to seeking for the markers and creation of the marker panels to, to improve the breeding process. So I, I think it's both. So are you working on any other research at Skoltech University, or is this taking up all your time? Uh, no, it, it doesn't take all the time, but if you talk about the sunflower, additionally, we work on scanning for genetic markers for broom rape resistance. Broom rape is a parasitic plant. It is a, really a problem for the breeders because it is a pest that parasites on the roots uh, of the sunflower. And uh, we're trying to find the lines that are resistant. In these lines, we try to find genetic markers for the resistant genes to this parasite. So the breeders can cross the resistance and non-resistant lines and then select the resistant lines with the specific properties using our genetic markers. Another direction of studies is related to the tocopherol composition. We 
In, in addition to the fatty acid composition, we tried to study tocopherol compositions. As you may know, the tocopherols are natural antioxidants mm -hmm. present in plants, and uh, they possess vitamin E activity, which is a very important supplement in human diet. And there are four types of tocopherols, alpha, beta, gamma, and delta. Alpha and beta tocopherols are possessing, possess vitamin E activity. They're good for humans. And gamma and delta tocopherols increase oxidative stability of the oil. So we're trying to find which genetic markers are associated with the different tocopherol compositions to produce basically the salad oils. The salad oils should have a lot of alpha and beta tocopherols and frying oils in turn should have gamma and delta tocopherols because they increase oxidative stability of the oil. I'm just wondering, Rim, when you're not researching oils, what do you do outside of research? Like, like what, what are my hobbies? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like, I like, I'm riding a bike, actually. I really like riding a bike. Uh, and uh, also like camping, like, you know, this uh, tourism and uh, rafting. So, yeah, uh, actually, I mostly like uh, some outdoor activity, uh, I would say. So whether you're in school or out having fun, you, you tend to, to be outside, it sounds like. Uh, uh, yeah, I like to be outside because like most of the time I spend sitting in the lab or I'm sitting in front of the computer because uh, I mostly work with bioinformatics stuff and data analysis. Well, with all the research that you're doing, I hope you find some time to get outside and, and enjoy the weather. <laughs> yeah, okay. I hope so. <laughs> Rim Gubayev, thank you so much for coming on the NutriCast today. Okay, good. Thank you, Danielle. If you like what you just heard, you could subscribe to the NutriCast wherever you get your podcast. You can also head to NutraIngredients-USA.com for even more Nutri-related content. Thank you for listening. I'm Danielle Masterson. As always, I'll catch you here on the NutriCast next week.